Hi, and welcome to How I Got Back to Exercise with me, Sophie Barlow, where each week I speak to a different guest about their journey getting back to exercise. Along the way, we have got lots of chats and we always get some great tips as well. So thank you so much for coming along. And thank you also to audionautics.com for the fab music. Today, we're talking to Natasha Merchant, who you might have seen on the BBC, ITV, or most recently on Netflix in Sex Education. Despite denying her total sports hero status, she absolutely definitely is. This is quite a moving interview, but it's also really funny and just light-hearted. Don't forget, you can donate to the charity that Natasha mentions which is called Surviving the Loss of Your World Charity. The link is in the notes. Natasha Merchant, thank you so much for coming on How I Got Back to Exercise today. Thank you for having me. To sort of kick off, I quite often ask my guests, what's their history of sport, really? So just thinking back right to the beginning, you know, when you were little, when you were at school, have you always been sporty? No, I mean, no, and I wouldn't say that I'm sporty now either. <laughs> I don't think sporty either if I become sporty. No, I was always like, I was kind of, I was always in the teams, but like, the B team netball you know um so I liked sport and that but I was and I wasn't you know I wasn't useless I wasn't like one of the last to be picked you know when they're all everybody stood in line and people pick their teams and there's always one poor person left that was never me but I was kind of near nearish the bottom but I was always quite keen and um and I and I did like sport but I I wasn't massively massively sporty and then when I sort of finished school I didn't do anything, you know, I did no sport, no uh, physical activity really at all until I sort of got into my 30s. And then I sort of started to dabble a little bit with train, you know, various kind of training in gyms and things like that. But I probably started that in earnest really after all my children were born. So when I kind of got into my late 30s was when I started really taking training seriously. Uh, And I've sort of continued to do so. So that's sort of over the last yeah, it's probably 12 years. I've just turned 50 now. So over the last 12 years, you know, with varying degrees of consistency, you know, sometimes I'm more, uh, I'm just more on it than than others. Yeah, so that's what I've done. And I've kind of, I do more and more sort of resistance training now, weights, weights and things like that, because I think that's important now in my ripe old age. But I've never really done sports Actually, I had a little go once with the, at the Bolnor, um, Bolnor netball team down at there. I thought, well, that would be quite fun. And I went down there and realised quite quickly within about 10 minutes, I was well out of my depth because these women were like, they were like superhuman. They were too fast for me. So I, I realised that probably competitive sport wasn't for me. But I do like my fitness and I, and I do like training. And it gives me, it gives me, actually gives me great pleasure, puts me in a good mood. I know that you did do a little bit of kind of training and also you mentioning with your kids, you know, after you'd had the kids getting, getting a bit more into exercise again. And I know that you did used to do a running club, like after school with the children. So, I mean, is that something that helps you kind of get motivated to do sport is it like oh I really think I could you know help these people or 
yeah are other people your sort of motivator and you're like oh that would be really handy for me as well I can get exercising well I wish I could say that I did it out of the goodness of my heart but that's not entirely true I did it because there was a brilliant woman called Kay Whiting who was running the running club there as you know for years and years and years and she was excellent and I used to go and um, help her occasionally because it was quite a good way to get a run in is an enforced run that you can't go actually I don't really fancy that today um so I used to kind of go and help her and then when she her children left she actually carried on doing it even after her children left for a year I think and then and then there was going to be no running club and I had one of my sons at that time was really you know an excellent cross-country runner the other two were quite young they were they were becoming good but Arlo was actually really really good and so I thought all right okay I'm going to have to, you know, step in here because otherwise there'll be no club for him to develop as a as a runner. So I did it whilst he was at the school and then whilst the other two uh, were at the school as well. Funnily enough, none of them are runners anymore. They all hate it. I think I've I think I may have actually ruined it uh, for them, forcing them to do it every week. But it was actually it's really good fun, actually. And and some of them are I mean, by the time they get to year six, they are fast. I mean, there's no way you can keep up with them. So I used to kind of have a word every week. I'd let them choose a word, whatever it was. Normally they'd pick something silly and rude. And whenever they heard that word, they all had to run back to me and, and high five me. So the ones that were just really way too quick, you could never keep up with, were able to run ahead to, to a point where I could, you know, when we were in the fields and that and not on the roads, but to a point where I could still see them. Uh, and then just, just getting too far, I say this word, they'd all run back and kind of high five me. And, but it was, it was good. You know, you had to keep up with them. They were quick. That was good fun. So I did that for a couple of years whilst my kids were in the in the school and then stopped when they when they left. And they've never done cross-country running since. Yeah, that is a really good way to do it, actually, because it is kind of, um, yeah, as you say, obviously from the kindness of your own heart, but is enforced, isn't it? Because it's like literally every week. Yeah, and I would say as well, rain or shine, because I must have seen you caked with mud so many times. <laughs> and then... Right. All the kids are coming back and you're like, which one is my kid again? You can cancel, you see, just because the weather was bad because people like are relying on it for their, they're not expecting to pick their child up for another hour after school. So you couldn't just kind of go, oh, sorry, guys, it's raining, it's a bit wet today, don't fancy it much, you know. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really good way of making you get your trainers on and go for a run. And I used to sort of think, oh, that's right, I don't have to do anything today because I'm going to have that run later with the kids you know but yeah that was really good that was good fun but all this is making me sound like I'm kind of you know some kind of sporting um hero and I'm not really I'm definitely not a, a runner really I like a little 5k um and that's you know that's it really and beyond 5k my knees start complaining my hips start complaining my body doesn't really my body doesn't really like it so um you know I'm definitely no long distance runner you know that that's for sure it does not say long distance runner on the tin no so um yeah those two things of you not being a sport hero and also not being a long distance runner probably brings us on to the half marathon that you trained and did for a really wonderful charity which is the surviving the loss of your world charity so yeah do you want to talk a little bit about that with us well the half marathon was twofold really my reasons for doing it um I uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer last year um and so I had a kind of 
you know, 12 month journey really to kind of get through my treatment. So my treatment completely finished in June of this year. The hardcore stuff finished, you know, by January of this year. Um, But I still had to have, you know, certain, you know, certain kind of uh, bits of less impact kind of treatment. But it all carried on until June. Um, and I kind of came out of that and you, your body's, I mean, your body's broken, really. <laughs> you like, you think that you can keep doing all the things that you could do before, but you keep trying, but you can't really. And you end up sort of falling asleep on the sofa at half past eight. So you, your, your body is slowly kind of repairing itself from, you know, not from the cancer, because the cancer was like, a, you know, a teeny tiny lump the size of a, a grape in my breast you know it's not it's not the cancer that makes you sick it's it's the treatment so your body's repairing itself from that but there is something in you that feels like just defiant like you just well for me I I needed uh, something to prove to myself that I could still do it that I wasn't beaten by what what happened and it's kind of like flicking the bird to cancer do you know what I mean going you know look look what I can do I could I've beaten you and I and my body can still do this you know I'm still here I'm still alive I'm still kicking and I needed to do something like that and I was thinking about a marathon thank god I didn't do the marathon (laughs) and I was thinking about some kind of challenge um which I I really needed to do for myself and then I was approached by my dear dear dearest friend called Clara Francis and I've known her for many many years uh and she's you know one of my my dearest friends and she lost her child Maud when she was two years old to sepsis um and very little was known about sepsis at the time it wasn't really tested for routinely in hospitals and Maud was really just sort of presenting with a, a nasty cold and croup-like symptoms. And she she passed away in the night. So I've you know I I, I kind of witnessed firsthand the the devastation really that, that 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 causes and that that creates. And then she she approached me as she since that time she's worked very closely with a charity called slow that you mentioned surviving the loss of our world and they work to help support bereaved parents and siblings um, as well and they are a very small charity so they don't get masses of funding but she's worked with them for kind of many years and they helped her um they helped her in a way that the people who were closest to her, loved her dearly, wanted to be wanted to help, but they we couldn't understand, you know, in the same way as when she walked into that room, you know, that counselling room with a group. They used to do group counselling sessions all with other bereaved parents, and they're part of a, a a club, part of a club you don't want to be in, you know. But they all understand each other; it's unspoken, and they offered her support that we weren't able to. So it was invaluable for her, and many people sort of credit this charity with them having survived the experience of losing a child at all so um she asked me if I would run this half marathon with her to raise money for slow um and I've also unfortunately have two other very dear friends who have also lost children so three three friends that have lost uh, lost children so it's something that's that's very close to my heart I've watched these people 
rebuild their lives and learn to live, you know, with, you know, the unimaginable of, of losing a child. And, um, and I'm deeply proud of them and in awe of like how they have managed to, you know, survive, not just survive, but thrive. So I wanted to do that. So for those two reasons, I wanted to do this half marathon. It felt like a really good thing to do, even though I knew my body probably wasn't quite ready for it. So, so that's what I, so that's what I did. So I was like, right, okay. As soon as I finished this, as soon as I finished this treatment, I gave myself kind of a little month's grace. And then I, I started, I started training for the half and, you know, lots of people, lots of people will say, oh, half marathon, just a half marathon, not a full marathon some people half marathon is like they're like it's a breeze you know but for somebody who is not a runner you know I'm not a long distance runner and my body was you know still kind of healing from the experience that I'd gone through with the cancer it, it felt like climbing the highest mountain in the world <laughs> it really did and when I first started training I was like I started running and I ran the first mile I felt, I felt all kind of like right I'm gonna do this I've got this I'm going to beat cancer and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it for Clara. And uh, and I sort of ran a mile and then thought, oh, my God, the fear and the reality, like the panic set in. I'm like, I'm not, I can't run 30 miles. I can barely run one. What the hell am I thinking? But, you know, over time, three miles became six miles. Six miles becomes, you know, nine miles, one foot in front of the other. Consistency, you know, patience. Um trying to be sort of kind to myself but not really having the time to be kind to myself because I was like you've got to get this done you know you've got these three months to get this training done so I couldn't sort of just people go oh you're pushing yourself too much you know you shouldn't be doing this and so well you know if I'm going to do this that's what I've got to do so so yeah so I I mean it, it was uh the training was pretty miserable some days I was like oh I can't bear that I've got to go and do the when you sort of get to the stage where you're doing the long runs and you, you're basically running a sort of half marathon on a Sunday. And some days I just, some days I just could not summon the energy. But I'd get my trainers on, I'd get out there. And you know what, sometimes I wouldn't do it. There was one day when I was, I'd got to about, I'd got to about six miles. And then I was running past the petrol station. I thought, do you know what, I really just fancy a can of Coke and a bag of crisps. And I just stopped and stopped at the petrol station, got myself a can of Coke and a bag of what's it and walked home. And I'm like, you know what? that's all right I'll do long run tomorrow um so I tried to cut myself some slack when I could <laughs> that is such good advice and there are going to be times when actually it's just too in you know it's just too too hard to do the thing but the fact is that you're out and even like you might be eating a packet of crisps and having a can of coke but at least you're walking home <laughs> like it's you're going to go out again aren't you because actually I think sometimes people can put themselves off because they really push themselves and it's just so unpleasant that it, why would you do why would you do that again so you have to make it like in some way enjoyable um, yeah and sometimes you just need a bag of what's it so yeah you know. some, like just running with what's it you know that's what it's <laughs> But um, I think it's really interesting talking to you about that because I was chatting to another guest and she was saying that like when she was younger, she, you know, she sort of avoided exercise a bit. And unlike with you and all the sort of muddy running around with children, she had just not been used to that feeling of feeling comfortable with being uncomfortable. And just that kind of acceptance is that actually... I mean, I and I spend a lot of my time sort of telling people to probably do a bit less because they're injured. But 
actually yeah. sometimes just kind of settling into that feeling of it not being that nice but you're quite you just you do get used to that feeling a little bit don't you after a while yeah and actually that is part of the training part of long distance training long, long distance running training is getting used to the feeling of being uncomfortable and staying in that place and and dealing with it you know that that's kind of part of it because it isn't going to be comfortable for like you know particularly towards the end so yeah I do I do get that I did the, I did this brilliant uh the nike nike have like a sort of running app and they do all kind of you know couch potato to 5k or 5k to 10k but they have one which is the half marathon training and there's somebody kind of you do these guided runs where they're kind of you know trainers talking to you in your ear all the time and um that's one of the things that they really push they're like right you know we're going to get you to a place where you're going to feel uncomfortable and we're going to hold you there for 10 minutes you know and we're just trying to get you used to you know, not not feeling not feeling great, and then learning to um, you know push through it, mind over mind over matter, and that's one of the reasons why I like running actually, is because you know your body your body's saying no, and your mind's saying yes a lot a lot of the time, and that's the battle, right? Um, that's the challenge is <clears> to keep even when your legs don't feel like they want to do it anymore, that your your brain kind of uh, overrides that, you know. Yeah, and I guess yeah, you have been with your treatment and everything I guess that's a place that you have been in yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure felt good to it felt good to be you know it felt good to be out running and it felt um yeah it was just nice to be back you know from where I was a year ago it was just really nice to nice to be back and look don't get me wrong you know my half marathon time was slow <laughs> I mean sometimes sometimes towards the end there were people that were walking that were going faster than me <laughs> um you know I felt like I was I was running so slowly I was going backwards at some point but you know it's only like the first first half was great it was all through the streets kind of past all the monuments London monuments all kind of past Buckingham Palace and uh, Big Ben and uh, that was all great after a while, you're like, okay, I've had enough now. And you only realise you're only halfway through. But I would say, you know, the first half is brilliant, great fun. And then the next kind of quarter was a bit hard. A bit hard. And then the last quarter was just horrendous. But I did it. You know, just getting to the starting line, that that was an achievement in yourself. Because winning's not always about finishing first, right? It's just winning. For me, winning was just actually being there, getting there and being there. And then if I finished, um, you know, that was a bonus. And if I finished and ran the whole way, which was my main goal, really, I was like, I don't care like what I do. I don't care about my time. I just want to not stop running. You know, that for me was a win. That is a great goal as well. That is a really good goal. So now you obviously like you've had that big event to do and it is amazing. You can't under, uh, underestimate like obviously how much of a big deal that is a you raise those money for that charity coming out of chemotherapy and going into that sort of level of physical exertion is impressive what are you going to do are you doing anything now are you just being kind to yourself you're just like having like long baths and chillaxing or are yeah. you exercising no i know and the problem is is that the you know i have to take this medication now which basically makes you you know one of the sort of side effects is making you kind of gain what well, it basically sort of plunges you into menopause at like 100 miles an hour so all of the kind of because it just switches your kind of estrogen off like a 
like a tap and um so one of the side effects of that is is weight gain so i'm really noticing that i've you know got to watch that you know watch what i'm eating and how much my output i'm going to watch all of that much more so actually i definitely cannot take my foot off the gas otherwise i'm going to blow up like a balloon and and i'm not good anyway when i'm not when i'm not training but i'm i'm not I, i'm not going to run those distances at the minute but i do i would like to do another half marathon you know maybe in six months or something like that just because I'd like to get a good time next time, you know, because this wasn't about time, really. It was just about doing it. Um, and, I, you know, and I know I wasn't at my sort of peak physical fitness. So I would quite like to kind of just do one more half, maybe. But mostly I'm just back in the in the gym, just training and, and doing weightlifting, which is actually what I really like doing. And when you're doing the training for, you know, a long distance run like that, you don't get the time to go and do all the other stuff, your weights. Yeah. Um, so I had to sort of slack off on that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, so I'm back in the gym and I'm going to sort of hit it hard before Christmas. And, um, and also, you know, exercise is really important for managing cancer risk, which is obviously something that I have to be, be aware of. My oncologist said to me, you know, that if I could just get in three runs a week or it's 150 minutes of moderate exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise, and that will decrease my cancer risk by about 50, 50%, which is huge, right? Because obviously my cancer risk is going to be high, higher than the next person. So I'm like, okay, well, I can do that. You know, if that's going to reduce my risk by half, that's I'm, I'm in. Yeah, so I'll always continue to, you know, I'll always continue to exercise. You know, and I'm not perfect. In some weeks, you know, I haven't managed it last week at all really I had one little run but I haven't really managed anything because I was just really busy working so I can't do it all the time but that's what I'm going to do I'm going to try and hit the gym hit the gym hard and try and uh, fight this aging process because I'm not going down without a fight that is for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally hear you um yeah you, and what you were saying about weight training as well um you know in terms of sort of bone density having had the treatment that you've yeah. had so I imagine that that's something yeah. that they've talked to you about yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah that's right yeah because obviously I'm at kind of greater risk of osteoporosis now so yeah so weight bearing exercise really super important yeah and it makes a big difference as well actually because um you know people it, you know I have patients who come to me on the sort of osteoporotic scale and actually they don't realize that that I mean you know at that stage they will be having some sort of meds like um, supplements for calcium but you know there's a massive difference that you can make obviously that's why we always get advised isn't it kind of you know menopause onwards to do weight-bearing exercise you can make you know you can go osteoporotic oste to osteopenia which is like you know the kind of less you know your basically your bone density is is improving and you can literally improve that bone density by doing weight-bearing exercise which sounds obvious because we're always told to do it but when you actually think about what you're actually achieving it's just it's just really impressive isn't it you're just like building your bones basically yeah yeah, yeah. I mean why would you why would you not do you know what I mean why would you not do that you know you're cutting yeah you're straight you're strengthening your bones you're building your um you're building your immunity you know you're lowering cancerous you're lowering your risk of heart disease you know and it's all free <laughs> And why would you not? I do I do sometimes um meet patients who have been through um different sorts of cancer and I I do sometimes 
find that they are kind of don't trust their bodies as much or just yeah. are feeling I don't know it's almost as if you know needing to like rebuild their relationship a little bit with their bodies and getting to know them and and I'm just thinking you know before we sort of finish if you've got any thoughts on that and you know if there was something that you wanted to say to listeners who maybe have been through a similar journey to you who are thinking oh, I, I, you know they know they need to get back to exercise but yeah have you got any advice for them well I do get that you know that feeling of not trusting your body because it's let you down right um it's not done it's not done the job that it was supposed to do and um and then on top of that you've had all this kind of treatment that has really sort of pummeled you um and you're not quite sure what it is that you you know I can yeah you feel slightly sort of tentative about putting pressure on your body because you don't know whether it can take it but it it absolutely can and it you can you know even be training through your cancer treatment you know if you possibly can and nothing really you that is not the time to be you know trying to reach any personal best you know or, or or taking on an exercise that you've never done before but you can certainly continue doing whatever you were doing before your cancer diagnosis during your treatment on the days that you feel that you're able to um and not only is it something that, you know, you should do, the benefits of that and in terms of how you handle the treatment um, is, you know, proven to be extremely, extremely beneficial. And equally afterwards, immediately afterwards, I would say is probably not the time to do something new, as she says, after having just done a half marathon like three months after I finished cancer treatment but you know I was doing I did used to run it wasn't like I suddenly sort of took up you know took up running I not those distances but you know it wasn't completely new to me but I think anything that you were able to do before you can absolutely do afterwards and then you can just slowly slowly kind of build up your strength but once you're you know once you're through there's nothing there's nothing to there's nothing to stop you thank you that is really great advice and I just want to let you know how grateful I am that you've come on today to share that with everybody I'll put in the links um all the details for your for the slow charity so that if people want to have a look at that charity if they think that could be helpful for them or a friend or they want to donate to the charity then they can do yeah perfect thank you thanks Sophie thanks Natasha for coming on <laughs>